Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on doing the word, living the word, and following the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. Lord, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this time of fellowship. I thank you for the word that's about to be brought forth. I thank you, Lord God, for wisdom that you have bestowed upon all of us so far this week, Father God. I thank you for the wisdom that will be shared this evening, Father God. I thank you that um, we turn our heart, our mind, and our ears towards you, Father God, and not towards the world, Lord, that um, we relish in all good things come from you, Father God, and not of this world, Lord. So I just say thank you right now, Father God, that despite what is happening, Lord God, despite what might have happened last night, Father God, that um, we not grow weary, Father God, but that we focus on you, we focus on your word, Father God, that um, it does not return void, Father. So I just thank you for your comfort, Father God. I say thank you, Father God, for oppressing. I say thank you, Father God, for pruning, Lord God. I say thank you for a good harvest, Father God. I thank you for um, this season, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that you are making us, Father God, that um, we just focus on, on the things of you, Father God, your goodness, Lord. We just say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good evening, everyone, to Bible study. It is good to see you. We are, as I said, on the last component of this month of teaching as we've been in discipleship all year. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, I will do a very quick overview. Um, the Lord directed us to, te to teach on discipleship this year. Um, and so we have, uh, we spent the first six months of the new year on being, uh, on being made into disciples so that then we could make disciples, which is where we are in the last six months right now of this year. I mean, uh, yeah, of the remainder of the year. So uh, we are in the all nations. We're in Matthew 28, 19, which says, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, 19 is our theme scripture for these last six months. And so we are in the all nations portion of the six months. We've already talked, spoken about race. We talked about the culture of the kingdom. We uh, differentiated between relevant leadership and relational leadership. We talked about the customs of the kingdom. And then we also talked about the commonality of the kingdom. But tonight we're going to talk about um, this aspect of all nations that you're right, you're to go and make disciples of all nations. And I think a lot of times we get very um, focused on the unchurched or what we call the unchurched, which I really don't, I, I, I'm sorry, I really don't know what that means. Because um, someone who is unchurched, uh, based on what I know unchurched to be, would be unchurched means they don't belong to a, a certain ministry or denomination, but an unchurched person could still be someone who has accepted the Lord Jesus as, as their savior, right? If it's surrounding, them not going to church. But I think the idea is the lost, right? Those who are unsaved. We have a lot of different terms, the lost. Um, we know those that are unsaved. And so tonight we're gonna be talking about, um, in our last portion here, we're talking about believers, believers, okay? And we need to talk about three different aspects as disciples of believers that we still need to reach. 
Because again, I think we only look at the, those when we see all nations as those who are from a different, are, are part of all nations, right? All different cultures, um, races, that we're only looking for those who don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, do not see God as their father and are not led by the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk about the unbelieving tonight. We're going to talk about the kind of believing and then those who are believing wrong because we need to be discipling the kind of believing and the believing wrong just as much as we need to go to those who are unbelieving altogether. Okay, we cannot forget that there are those who have sat next to us. How about this? I was a kind of believer before. I don't know about anybody else. And I also was believing wrong before. Because there are things that we can learn in error that we don't even know are in error until we become those who study for ourselves. Those who dig into the word, those who have a personal relationship with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so let's start tonight uh, with the unbelieving. I want us to go to Psalm 115. And I'm going to read 115. Malcolm, if you can get ready with Mark, just be in Mark chapter 9. But we're going to start with the unbelieving, okay? The unbelieving person, okay? And I'm going to be reading out of the... Um, the Passion Translation tonight. And it says this in verse one of 115. It says, God glorify your name. Yes, your name alone be glorified, not ours. For you are the one who loves us passionately and you are faithful and true. Verse two says this, why should the unbelievers mock us saying, where is this God of yours? Verse three says, but we know our God rules from the heavens and he takes delight in all that he does. Verse four, the unbeliever worships that, worships what they make, their wealth and their work. They idolize what they own and what they make with their hands, but their things can't talk to them or answer their prayers. Their possessions will never satisfy. Their futile faith in dead idols and dead works can never bring life or meaning to their souls. Blind men can only create blind things. Those deaf to God can only make a deaf image. Dead men can only create dead idols. And everyone who trusts in these powerless dead things will be just like what they worship, powerless and dead. So trust in the Lord, all his people, for he is the one, the only true hero, the wraparound God, who is our shield. That's verse nine. So we're going to go to verse two, which maybe in your translation says this, why do the nations say, where is their God? Okay. That word nations in the, in this translation is translated to the unbelieving. Okay. But there are nations who are doubting and will ask in times of calamity and trouble in times of war and, 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 um, and natural disaster, they will say, where is this God? Okay, so let's look at verse two. It says, why do the nations say, where's their God? That question why is also uh, means how, but it means this, for how long, for how long will the nations, the, these people, the unbelieving, it's a community of people who think the same, who believe the same, who walk the same, and that is from an unbelieving standpoint. So how long, Will the unbelieving utter, where is their God? 
I love this. And that word where there, there's this, um, when you exegete it between the word where and the word is, there is a word in between those. We don't get to read it. But if we're to exegete this out in the Hebrew, there's a word in there that says this. Uh, it, 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 it is not a word that you can, you can actually write out, but it is, it is a thought that's in between that says this, pray now, please. So where, what, pray now, please, is there God? So even the unbelieving know that there is a need for saving. They just don't know who it is that they should be calling on to be saved. Where is their God? Where is their God, their ruler, their divine one? Where is, where is El Shaddai? Where is Elohim? Where is Jehovah? All the names of God that we call protector, provider, Emmanuel, God with us. They're asking, the unbelieving believers asking, where is he? Let's go back to the beginning uh, or, or, or the second and third week of March when COVID-19 hit the world. There were many unbelievers when we were all lifting the name of Jesus, asking, well, why do, where's their God? If he's a healer, if he's a deliverer, if he's mighty, if he's a strong tower, where is, where is he? And then we went into the racial epidemic and people started to scream, where is God? And now we're going into the, the, the voting season and people are still asking, where is God? And so we have to be those who are founded in the faith and so that we can be the answer when people are asking, where is your God? The unbelieving need answers. And if we use the same language as the unbeliever, they will never be able to see hope and see God in the midst of all that's going on. Let's go to the second type, the kind of believing. Mark chapter nine, verse 24, Matthew. I mean, Malcolm, Mark nine twenty-four. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. So here's a story of a father that has a son that needs to be freed needs to be healed. And he literally asked Jesus, if you can do anything. And then he literally, Jesus says, if I can do anything, <laughs> as if to say, hey, hey, do you know who I am? And then he says, he, and he, he, he immediately says, I do believe, because Jesus starts to talk about this un, unbelie unbelieving, this unbelief. And he says, I do believe, but help me overcome my belief. My unbelief, I'm sorry. I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. There are gonna be people, there be times where you will be with those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their savior, savior, but they're in this kind of believing stance, okay? They do believe, which means here in the scripture, uh, they have the, the faith, but but here's, I love this. They, they, they have faith that has been in, is, End, is literally the infilling of faith by God. And through God, they trust in, in God. They trust that God can, and they trust that God will. But then it says, help, come rescue me in my unbelief. And that this phrase unbelief here means this, my want of faith. When you exegete unbelief, it means my want of faith. And if we're honest, there have been some times in our lives where we have really, had a want of faith for something God has said. We've had a want of faith 
to believe something that we that, that we we feel in, in on the inside of us something that the holy spirit may be stirring and we just can't get past this block we can't go past these thoughts of feeling like we don't maybe god won't come maybe we won't be rescued maybe we are not worthy we're not we don't deserve all all, all these labels uh, 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 maybe it's not for me Maybe, maybe I, I shouldn't be asking. Maybe I shouldn't be believing. And so this deep faith that we have is now being divided because there's a want of faith. And so we've got to speak to those in this area of want of faith. Doesn't mean they don't believe in God, but there's a want of faith that takes them deeper into who God is. Pushes them past who they've known God to be allows them to go further in the Holy Spirit, further in the power in the name of Jesus. And it doesn't just rest in the performance and the preferences of denominations and the doing of church over becoming the church. And then number three, there are those who are believing wrong. There are those who are believing wrong. Malcolm, Mark 8. Verse 33. Actually, start at 31 and go to 33. Mark 8, 31, 33. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And then there are those, there have been things, who, who wants to be honest with me? We've, we've been a part of maybe different ministries and things that we found out later. There were things that we were just believing wrong, that we were taught wrong. We were just taught an error. And, that, and this is not to shame anyone or condemn anyone. It just is what it is, right? We were places where... We, we, we thought wrong. There were things that maybe we just uh, put our intellect into. And so we carried those thoughts out until we learned differently because we started to study the word or there was someone, a new, a new person that God put in our path to really bring out the scripture and to get, to correct the way we were thinking. And here is Peter who literally is, has been walking with Jesus for three years. And Jesus starts to prophesy about the end of his life and what is to come. And Peter then pulls him aside and starts to rebuke him. Like, it just blows my mind. I don't know about anybody else, but I just can't even imagine rebuking Jesus. Like, that makes no sense. I really want to see a comedy sketch about that because that makes no sense to me. That you are with the Son of God and you have that much boldness to rebuke him right? And so then it says, Jesus then in turn rebukes Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. Literally says, go away and go back, adversary. It's literally what he's saying. He says, you do not have in mind the things of God. It means this, you do not, not have care for, and you do not have the direct mind to seek for the things of God. You don't even care for the things that concern God, and you and you don't have a direct mind to seek after the things that concern God, the divine. It says, but you do have it, however, for the things of the man. 
you have this caring, you have this concern, you have this direct mind to seek the things of man. And that's what it happens when we're believing wrong. We're desiring the things of man. We're desiring the things of the world. We're desiring, right, the things that are in opposition to, to what the Lord is saying, what the Lord uh, 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 has provided. And, and we fall back in our humanity and into our own intellect. And, and, and we then find ourselves out of position with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So here's three things I want, want us to discuss. And I want you to write these down. Number one, you have to be able to respond to the question, where is your God? And let me tell you this, you could only do that if you have enough word in you. Not, this, this, this here is not just about coming up with some great rhema, God-inspired word. You have to know the logos, the written word, to be able to answer questions like, where's your God? You need to be able to show from Genesis to Revelation the roadmap of the Father to the Son, to the Holy Spirit. You need to be able to, 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 to share scripture that brings life to who God is so that they can see God even in the midst of what's going on. If you don't know, how can you expect them to? If you don't know where God is, how can you expect them to? And guys, that's a real question. And you've got to ask yourself, do I know where he is? And this is not just, where is he right now with my family? Where is God, right? And this is not, he's in heaven. It's not that answer. It's not that answer. Right now, when someone walks up to you and says, my family member has, has, has contracted COVID, where's your God? Do you have scriptures to give to them, to show them the might and power of God? Can you show them the, the beauty and majesty of the Father even in the midst of their infirmity and situation? Where is our God? And here's the thing. One of the greatest things when someone just asks, where's your God? If they know you personally, remind them who you were before your God was found and before you, he found you and you found them. Where's my God? <laughs> Do you forget who I used to be? <laughs> Where's my God? You've walked, watched me walk a journey. Let me show you where he is. But when it comes to someone who doesn't know, who's believing wrong, or uh, we're talking about now the unbelieving, right? We have to have a response. We can't say he's a living God and we don't know how to locate him. We don't know how to reach him. We don't know how to find him. And we don't know how to bring him from heaven right here to earth for others to see. I've said this before. One of the things that is etched in my mind that, my, that our, our, uh, our spiritual covering said to me, Kai, your job is to make, what, to make the one who is invisible visible. It's all of our job to make the one who's invisible, visible in humanity, visible to man. You all are messengers. You don't need to wait for a platform. Hello, welcome, you're messengers. <laughs> you're witnesses of God and you're messengers. You're ambassadors of Jesus Christ. You're led by the Holy Spirit. Welcome today to your assignment as messengers. As disciples, you got to always know where God is.
Number two, those committed to Christ believe for others, not themselves. We're talking about the, the kind of believer. These are those that are committed to Christ, to Christ and they're able to believe for others, but they struggle to believe for themselves. And they've allowed the enemy to steal, to steal and own parts of their thinking. So this kind of, right, we're looking at Mark 9 when the, 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 the father says, I do believe, help me overcome my own belief, my unbelief. These are those that are committed to Christ and they believe for others all the time, but not themselves because they've allowed the enemy to steal, oh, the steal I'm sorry, to steal and own parts of their thinking, which blinds their belief to God fully. When you allow the enemy to steal and own parts of your thinking, it will blind your way. It will blind your ability to believe God fully. And so how many of you have had a, a, had a place in your life where you could believe for everybody, but when it came to you, it was hard to believe? Who wants to be honest? Okay, just a few of us. Well, praise God for all of you who have believed all the way through. I have had that where it has been hard for me to believe for me, but I could believe for everybody else and not really, not realizing I have unbelief when it comes to me. And having to repent for that unbelief when it comes to me, because if he is God, if I know where he is and he's the same God to all of his children, why am I acting like he's different to me if I'm his child? If what's available to his children is available to his children and I'm his child, why am I doubting? What, what has happened? I have allowed the enemy to own parts of my thinking that have kept me only focused on, on, the, on humanity and the concerns of humanity and not keeping my mind elevated and reestablishing re, re my thinking every day by renewing my mind when it comes to me. And believing that the same faith, that same persuasion, that same conviction I have for everyone else, you got to have it for yourself. Because he loves you just as much. And finally, number three, when we talk about believing wrong, helping those who were taught in error or self-taught the ways of God, we do this so they can live in the will of God. So we have to help those who were taught in error or, or self-taught self in the ways of God. We have to teach them so they can live in the will of God. We have to help those who were taught in error or self-taught the ways of God so they can live in the will of God. There are a lot of people out here who have been taught in error and then there are some who have taught themselves. They didn't have anyone. And so they've taught themselves and there's some error in there, right? And so we get, when, when it's just you and you and your thoughts and you and you and your thoughts and you and you and your thoughts, sometimes it's very hard to filter what you and what's God. And so you need iron to sharpen iron. You need teachers so that they can lead you to the will of God. Because sometimes the way of God, we have it wrong. And if we have the way wrong, there's no way we're going to be in his will. And so we've got to get back to, let me tell you this, it's very easy. You want to know when you're out of the will of God? You are on the wrong way. And that's called the broad road. If you are not on that straight and narrow, get back. 
Because here's what the straight and narrow is. It's hard. That straight and narrow is hard. Who want to who wanna testify to that? It's not easy. <laughs> I saw Pastor TV look away and raise her hand. She said, woo, yes. It's hard, but it's good because God is in charge of that road. God already understands every 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 hiccup, every bump, every turn, every terrain, and he is already making provision for you before you even get there. But see, when you get over on that broad, you open up yourself and you're susceptible to things that, 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 that you would never find on the narrow. Doesn't mean that the enemy won't try on the narrow. Doesn't mean that. But you are left open to your own devices on that broad. And so we have to help by teaching those who have been taught in error or have self-taught themselves the ways of God. We have to help them so they can fully live in the will of God, you guys. God wants his children to be those who are not just, here, here's the thing that we cannot keep doing. And if you notice, I said unbelieving, kind of believing and believing wrong. Because here's what we keep doing. It's trying to keep discipling each other and never going anywhere. We keep filling the houses of God with people who already believe in God. I'm waiting for the person that you met on the street. I'm waiting for the person on your job that you've been walking with. I'm waiting for the person, you know what I'm saying? When you went to the shelter, I'm waiting for the person who you passed by and God said, no, stop, talk to them. Now, here's what I know is that when we're here, we're sharpening each other, but we're not, after we make disciples, after we become disciples, who else, where are we supposed to go? If we keep thinking that discipleship is about discipling the disciple, we got it, we got it, we got it all wrong. He said, be made into disciples so you can make disciples, not be made into disciples to make disciples of the same disciples that were made by someone else who are discipled again so they can be re-discipled so that y'all can go to the disciple conference and lift your disciple hands and spend your disciple money on the disciple product. And then you, you, then, then you wait for the next disciple conference next year. And then you just, no, no. That's why it says go. It doesn't say stay where you are, make disciples. It says go therefore, making disciples of all nations. If it says stay where you are and just be a disciple, then you all would we would all have it right because that is not what we do. We, we do not go like the word says. What we do is stay and just keep. So how is the kingdom ever expanded if the king's kid, kids won't go? Go into your community. Go into your workplace. Go into, right? Go where he sends you. Go where he's calling you. How do we ever make disciples if we don't go and just keep staying? So number one, be able to respond. You have to be able to respond to the question, where's your God? And if you don't know, how can you expect them to? And I think so often the church is trying to judge the world by, through a Christian lens. And, and the truth of the matter, they are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. But if you don't know, how will they know? 
So it begins with you. Number two, those committed to Christ who know how to believe for others, but not themselves, have allowed the enemy to still own, still and own parts of their thinking, which blind their belief in God fully. We have to help people know that the same God they believe in for everyone else, he believes, he believes in them and is for them too. That they've got to allow their faith to not only extend outward, but inward. That that God-breathed faith in you starts with you and then goes beyond you. It shouldn't go beyond you to come back to you. And then finally, we are to help those who are taught in error or self-taught the ways of God so they can live in the will of God. Any questions, comments, or concerns? Thank you for joining us on another episode of the K-How Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.